Ramble. Hello, listeners. Before today's episode, we wanted to plug an awesome new podcast we're cooking up here at Tricorp. It's called You Can Sit With Us, and it's hosted by the Triwives, Maggie, Becky, and Ariel. What could be better, you ask? Nothing! Nothing could be better! So stick around after the episode to hear an exclusive teaser from their show. It launches next week, July 6th. We're going to link it in the description. Go give them some love. Go subscribe. Get excited! All right, now into today's episode. Hey, Tripod listeners, it's Keith. Hey there. Zach. Hello. Ned. Hey, hey. King Miles. Hi. Oh, wow. (laughs) Whoa, King. You're listening to the Tripod with the boys and King Miles. (laughs) (laughs) We and the subjects of King Miles, here we are on another (laughs) gloomy June day uh, in the year of our Lord 2020, or whichever Lord you prefer to praise. In our case, it is King Miles. I've never appreciated June gloom quite so much. Like, I wake up every morning, I'm like, yeah, it should be overcast. <laughs> You're excited that it should it just, be overcast. It, feels, it like reflects your mood? Yeah, it just feels yeah. right. I like clouds. That's why everyone yeah. says I, I strike them as a New York type person, but mm. I, I love when it's just... Love clouds. I love fog, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love when really? it looks like there's something in the mist. Yeah, I like spooky weather. I do like spook. I like it when the world is a little spooky, like when you when you're on vacation in another town and like, oh, there's all all this fog, and maybe you're in like Savannah and there's Spanish moss hanging from the trees. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all spooky. Hey. I love, I love when like, ooh, am I in a horror novel? This is exciting. <laughs> Oh, you're an intrepid young female detective yeah. investigating the murder of your brother, but you have to go back to your hometown, uh, where the uh, the head the head of the newspaper is your ex lover. <gasps> Ooh, no, tell me wow. more. Oh, you know, this is like every show <laughs> <laughs> about a young female detective. Well, but you know who loves to talk about the weather casually? It's Karen. What? You know, there's a lot of Karens wilding out recently. And just to preface this again, Karen is not a slur. Karen is uh, (laughs) Karen is a moniker for um, privileged white women who are just making the biggest scenes out of the tiniest inconveniences. And we've seen a lot of viral videos recently trending of many Karens Karening. They're Karens in the grocery stores. The grocery Have you all seen store. these videos? Yeah. Yes. This week oh, in yeah. Karen. <laughs> what, 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 what were the clips? I'm losing track of this week versus last. I saw the one where there was a lady who was so upset that she was for, asked to wear a mask and she wasn't wearing a mask that she was like ripping just everything out of her grocery cart. And I was like, Rolling that's it. rude. Yeah. My problem with that is that she didn't finish emptying the cart. She <laughs> gave up halfway through and I said, no, no, no. If you're going to throw a tantrum and decide you're going to throw all your groceries out, you stay there and you finish the yeah. cart. You don't get embarrassed by your own behavior halfway through. You have to commit to that stupid decision and you have to throw every frozen pizza, every head of broccoli onto the floor so that your point is made, ma'am. Yeah. But if you walk away halfway through the cart, then you're just a half-asser. <laughs> you know? For those who don't know, the reason that they are screaming in these grocery stores is because someone had asked them to put on a mask because apparently they, to get into these stores, you have to be wearing a mask. So yeah. they're already mm-hmm. wearing a mask going to the store and then they, they see it as a form of protest to remove their mask in the store while they're shopping. And then they freak out Protesting when someone points what? out. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> there was that one. I, I believe that was in Dallas. There was another one that was... The woman with the baby. That was in North Hollywood. Yes, my Moira Rose. It was a baby shirt. Yeah, in a Trader Joe's. She went off. She went off. There is just, I don't understand. And maybe y'all can explain this because it's not my culture. But what, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> can y'all provide some much needed insight into, have y'all had, like, what is it that like gets a, a certain a type of, white woman to a point where they have to cause a scene like that because they feel like they have been served some form of injustice. Like causing a scene like that is so 
it's such a choice, right? Like choices. Have y'all ever... Have you seen the price of avocados lately? <laughs> I mean, it's enough to throw your cart on the floor. <laughs> the the source though, the source of the Karen the the Karen type yeah. is that if you are like even inconvenienced at like the Apple store, you ask to see the manager. Right. It's like taking those extra steps to be like I demand service. Uh right. where does this come right. from? I think it comes from you. They just are allowed to get whatever they want. And generally when they complain, it works. What is that quote? There's that quote where like when you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. And I think for them, when they're so privileged, anything feels like oppression. And so these are people that are extremely self-righteous and for the first time in their lives are are feeling any resistance to their comfortable bubble of a life and they go well i'm i'm a good person i do great things how dare you tell me that i need to change the way i live to which i say a big fuck you i I think um part of it too is that this is the first time they're wrong and everybody agrees they're wrong so normally (laughs) normally a karen tiff happens between her and the checkout person and the manager and everyone else is kind of like who's this crazy person uh, and then we're all kind of silent like what is wrong with her she's such a lunatic and then now it's like what's wrong with you you're such a lunatic and everybody right. is on board with like no you idiot you're gonna much make more capability sick. for going viral yeah rather than just your your average karen situation <laughs> what do you mean you're out of brussels sprouts <laughs> i will not come back thursday when it's restock day i want them you got them in the back i'm gonna ask to speak to the manager i think there is something too in in white people having this expectation that if things are not exactly to their liking they have this right to to speak to the manager uh i i try in my my heart and in my mind to separate jews from karen culture but we're not exempt in in middle school in home ec we had a class assignment to write a strongly worded letter to a company that was a real homework assignment (laughs) that i had in middle school you had to choose something to write a complaint about and so I treated it like a joke. I found a ketchup packet that was uh, filled with air. And so I wrote to Heinz Ketchup and I got a 25 cent coupon. I felt very accomplished for that. But yeah. <laughs> but it was like, that was a real, like, I was in, my, my class was indoctrinated into this belief of, yes, you should complain to the manager. Anyone that's ever been dicked over by their internet or phone provider on customer service support calls does know that you did, escalating it is the way to to get a couple bucks off your bill. Get this, when we were setting up the internet in our office, uh, the, we were switching companies because the, the one didn't have enough speed. And like, as I was switching, after trying to get a better deal for, you know, for like a couple of phone conversations, mm-hmm. I finally had to be like, I am terminating my service. Like, that's it. The other company is coming to install it tomorrow. And then they're like, well, sir, would you like $50 off your internet? I was like, it's too late now. Did you guys see the the Karens, though? Um, there was a couple. God, I don't even know where it was, but they were pointing guns um, outside of their home on people on the street. Saint, it was St. Louis. And that was because it was because the, a group of protesters were marching to the mayor's house because the mayor on her Facebook Live was basically doxing people who had sent letters asking to defund the police. She was saying she was reading off the name and addresses of Ew. people who had written oh, no. to Same. her yeah. asking her to uh, appro- you know, make the budget more appropriate. Mm-hmm. And she was literally reading the names and addresses of protesters. So this Black Lives Matter protest was marching towards the house, which happened to pass very wealthy neighborhood. And this Karen and Derek or Brett or whatever, (laughs) they come out of their mansion, mausoleum style mansion. I I thought it was the Capitol. (laughs) It's a crazy house. (laughs) It's kind of comic because he was also like, smaller than her but he was carrying like an ar-15 and she was carrying like the teeniest tiniest like men in black pistol yeah oh (laughs) and they were just waving it around at the protesters um what was was just scary is that there are these photos circulating now of her in particular and the fear in her eyes is palpable like this rage Mm. and fear is just insane it looks like a really shitty mr and mrs smith 
poster. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that really gets me is his uh, tucked in shirt, white pants, brown belt combo. I, wow. I think those are white shorts. Weren't they khaki shorts? People who are sharing that uh, he looks like they had to do it to Powers. a kid. Grown up. Wow, those are his parents. You're wow. so right. Wow. <laughs> Something that's been going on on Twitter as well is people saying like, <laughs> hey, you know, Karen is a really cute name for fucking white supremacist psychopaths. Right. Like this, this, these two people are not Karens. They are monsters i mean yeah yeah that's that yeah. that is an act of terrorism they're threatening oh yeah people with firearms it is crazy how like all the issues are so lumped together it's like yeah that's a karen but like i can bet i would bet serious cash that the woman in the trader joe's freaking out also loves trump and hates black lives matter like it's just oh. it is just oh, yeah. all grouped into this it's same... a venn diagram that's actually just a circle yeah I <laughs> i'm shocked I guess I don't know why I'm shocked because obviously <laughs> everything that's pol- polarized gets politicized. But like, you wearing a mask should not be a political statement. No. It isn't a political statement. It's a, it's a, it's a. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone likes saving lives, right? Right? Let Nothing really political there, about that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone should be on board with curbing the coronavirus i was just gonna say like can't the administration just release uh i don't know make america great again face masks like they would yeah. sell i would hate seeing them <laughs> and yeah. they would they would effectively still be able to make me mad uh-huh. but they'd be following the rules like right. that would be a great solve they can still <laughs> yeah. piss me off which is what they want to do uh-huh. but also they can protect one another i guess the same mental reasoning applies to ar-15s right like no one needs to own an ar-15 mm-hmm. like that's a way to save lives is to have fewer ar-15s out in the world mm-hmm. but that person thinks that it's a way of their freedom hello ariel <laughs> <laughs> hello ariel, we're talking about ar-15s you may not us. know but if you're watching on youtube we have a uh, uh, this is Ariel's desk next to my desk. You see, mm. we're working on a big secret project. Uh. <gasps> they work in a small oh, startup office. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and also in our our in our this is uh we're we're in the midst of renovating our garage, and so now this is the the storage room. Mm-hmm. This is I got boxes behind me. I got pillows. I got a half of a mattress. It's rough as a podcasting background. Maybe I should like. You should ask to speak to the manager, Ned. It's a mess in there. Hey, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'd like to talk to the manager, please, Ariel. Yes, hi. Uh, I this this is unacceptable. Uh, I'm doing a podcast here. I don't like this. No, no, I do not like this. Um, bro, I'm just kidding, honey. I love you. Okay, now, now I want to speak to the manager. Yeah, yeah, I'd like. But I do think this is cultural because I think, mm-hmm. like, I've never asked to speak to a manager because I was taught not to do that. You know, there are certainly Asian Karens. Like, I'll just call them Vivians. Like, there's Vivians <laughs> out there who Vivi. have a lot. Of, they probably are very conservative and rich. But overall, I was always told, um, be gracious. Uh, keep keep your head down, and if there's a problem, like solve it yourself. Like that was always what I was mm-hmm. um, taught growing up, and the very well, least, that's what I saw my parents do. Like you know, anytime they'd have an issue, uh, they usually just were like, "Well, I guess I gotta fuck." Which has its own setbacks, obviously culturally. Like Asians should be standing up more individually, but it is uh, it is interesting because I just I can't relate to the idea of like having to take it to the toppest tier of management. It's all about compassion, mm-hmm. right? It's the these kind of all of the problems that we're talking about. I feel like it's compassion or a lack of compassion. If you don't understand police brutality, you have no compassion. If you don't care about wearing a mask, it's because you have no compassion. And even something as simple as if you are carrying out and trying to complain to the manager, it's because you are so separated from the notion of any service job. You, you or any, no one in your family, no one that you know has ever been in that position and had a rough day. And mm-hmm. so when you are at a restaurant and uh the meal is taking too long or or some minute fucking thing that oh your cheese isn't there for 18 minutes oh the fajita cheese oh my god (laughs) also my home state of texas Mm -hmm. is the facebook post the husband put of his wife Uh, ned i don't know if you saw this but she's sitting at this restaurant obviously like (laughs) no i'm in san francisco right now actually but she she uh she's staring off into the distance like like her parents just passed and it's just these, this whole f- play, table full of food. And this, the caption he put is like, 
Um, we have been waiting here for over 18 minutes for the shredded cheese. My wife cannot oh have her fajitas without shredded cheese. We can't keep blaming COVID for bad service. I think they said she is unable to eat without her favorite shredded cheese. Something <laughs> What's like crazy that. is there's like two items on the table that's not the fajitas that's covered in shredded cheese. It just boggles the mind. Well, sometimes sometimes people are trying to fuck you over. Like yeah. I've been in a situation of like it was very clear to me they were fucking me over. I'm like, wait, no, you're you sold me this and that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. So what am I supposed to do? Like you we won't create yeah, the if, Karen binary. There's a lot of yeah. shades yeah. of gray. <laughs> like <laughs> there, there are sometimes when you you pay for something and it's fifty shades up and of you Karen. Have to change it. Fifty shades of Karen. But I, I like restaurants, I don't think I've ever sent food back. No, you I know I, I know that's I something people do if it's like not right or it has something I have no food allergies, right? So I can't really ever say it's like, oh no, you you forgot to hold the cheese and now I can't eat it. It's mm. like I can still eat it. So I, I just I feel very uncomfortable in that situation, yeah. like sending food back, even if it comes in wrong. I'll just eat it because I like food and no, I think, other situations. I think it's, yeah. it's not asking to speak to the manager, it's the tone with which you speak to us. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's how you oh, treat for sure. people. It's how yeah, you that's treat fucked people. up. Yeah. How you treat All people. across the board. Oh, thank God, because I've definitely sent food back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's what my point is. Like, it's it's different. Yeah, right. right, right. It's okay to... It, it just, you can't be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> this is not what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and actually, if you have your food wrong, uh, you don't really need to talk to the manager. Usually, your server can help you out just yeah. fine. <laughs> Normally, they can handle it. We could go on a whole tangent about service industry, like being a waiter. Oh, Oof. yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. That's I, how you see the re true colors of people. Yeah. Is oh, when yeah. They, they believe. And I think part of it is like even the word server creates a like an idea in some people's minds that mm -hmm. this is a person who is lesser than me right now. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. that's not the truth. This is a person who is doing their job. You don't go to like the Verizon store and think this person's lesser than you. You don't go to, but in a restaurant, suddenly you feel like, oh, these people don't matter. I don't need to treat them well. Or like mm -hmm. some people have that perspective and it's totally flawed and incorrect and not how you handle mm -hmm. any other transaction. The it, most infuriating is cabin crew. When people speak down oh, yeah. to those who are working, the literal mechanical metal device you're throttling yourself <laughs> through the air with these are the people who are trained not to give you your little fucking you know whiskey with ginger ale but to to usher your ass off the plane when it's on fire mm -hmm. you know what i mean same thing with like the cruise performers are all the ones who are trained to save your ass mm -hmm. when the cruise ship is sinking right so guaranteed if i was ever in those positions and i'm i would clock you if you were carrying me in that fucking plane, I'd be like, okay, uh, everything's fine. You can stay and see it. Everyone else run this way. <laughs> I think I've shared this in the past, but my, so you guys know I have my, my bad back and chronic pain. So I have to get up and stretch a lot on airplanes. And my favorite pre-corona pastime, this is something I won't be able to do anymore. I go to the back cabin and I ask them, I'm like, hey, guys, do you mind if I stretch? I explain my situation. And then we become friends. And then I just go, hey, who's driving you crazy on this flight? <laughs> if you ever have the opportunity to let a flight attendant just fucking dish, wow. oh, man, they've got <laughs> stories to tell. And then do you just like go and like crop dust a little fart next to that person. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, as I kind of asked like, hey, who, if I were to accidentally have my elbow knock into someone on the way back to my D. seat. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys believe that American Airlines is going to be letting all the people on plane uh, at the same time? Uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't that. believe it. Yeah, so uh, American Airlines, and I think another airline, they basically said, okay, as of July 1st, we're going to stop social distancing practicing. We're going to uh, seat every single seat, which even before that, they were only not seating middle seats. So like, it still technically wasn't... I, I mean, it actually is sort of all nil because you're in a tube of shared air for three to four hours. What they say, I've done some research on this, is that the cloud of uh, infection is in theory only the seat in front of you and behind you. It's not mm. as bad as I think I assumed and, and you're assuming that the whole plane. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you're 
crossing by people. I just wanted to issue yeah, that I mean, fairness. Uh, Can't drink the American Airlines Kool-Aid, Zach. That's it's what not, they want you to think. <laughs> it's not just that, that that airline is going to be doing that. By that airline doing that, and if people are buying those tickets, that means every airport now has more people as well. So it's affecting the other airplanes by that airplane doing that because you're going to be passing more people through security, more people in there. So if you're if you are if you need to fly, let's say there's a family emergency and you have to fly and you're going to fly on Southwest Airlines, which is doing a good job and keeping their social distancing, you are going to be in a more dangerous environment to get to that plane because of another airline's choices. Yeah. So that like it's not just that airline affecting its customers, it is now affecting the entire industry. And that to me is like so selfish and I get that they're going through a hard time, but everybody's going through a hard time and it is simply risking people's lives. <laughs> yeah, it's also an airline. So like they're not going through a hard time. They're fucking, they're fascists. Airlines yeah, are the biggest money. fucking like waste. No, I have no respect. We'll bail them out again and again and again. <laughs> like, <laughs> And what you're saying, Keith, is a, is a microcosm of what's been breaking my heart about the coronavirus in America just again and again and again. It, it'd be one thing if uh, people filling up Trump's rally in Tulsa were just infecting themselves, which, shocker, we saw a huge spike in Tulsa mm-hmm. following mm-hmm. that. But it's not that. It's that they are then going out into the world and coming in contact with essential workers uh, who maybe can't afford to not work. And it's disproportionately affecting people of lower socioeconomic class and people of color. And so it's these reckless decisions are then reverberating out. And then maybe these people go home and have to take care of an elderly person in their family. It just... Mm -hmm. ah. Don't quote me on this, but I believe there was a report recently that said like the 10 richest people in the world, billionaires, got exceptionally richer over the past six months like they've i think they collectively made another half a billion dollars or something yeah like they they are getting richer from this uh pandemic so it's something there there's something there that sounds not good oh hmm keep in mind that the coronavirus spreads with asymptomatic people i think Mm -hmm. that is that is very difficult for us to understand and and even like even me i'm like very tapped into it super uh you know i wear my mask all the time but then i think like oh well you know i don't i don't feel bad so i probably don't have it but like i totally could mm-hmm. right now i could have it and that's like it's such a foreign idea like like it, the fact that the deaths and the spikes that we're seeing now are related to people being at beaches over memorial day it, it's like I think there's something about since every other type of illness we've dealt with, it's very immediate about coughing and sneezing. And it, you know, you there, there's kind of direct correlation. This sort of like what happened four weeks ago is happening now. It's, it makes your actions feel like they uh, are, are fine or they don't have like mm-hmm. any, any negative impacts, which is, it's just, it's just something very, difficult i think for all humans to understand just because it's totally new i know there are a lot of people out there who who are like can we just talk about something else finally please <laughs> but one of the most insidious things that is happening right now is the normalization of this pandemic and you can't just get into this place where suddenly you're comfortable and you become complacent and then you start hanging out with a couple friends and you go oh well I, if i just go see my friends it's fine oh but then i also have to go to the grocery store and go mm-hmm. to the gas station like mm-hmm. Over 125,000 people in the U.S. have died. We are now back to where we were in April. Things right now are as bad as they have ever been. We are Mm -hmm. failing totally and completely. So we have to keep screaming about this. And guys, 4th of July weekend is coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're we're filming this one a little early this week. This is today. We're filming this on Monday. So who knows what's happened in the days since. But just cancel your fucking plans right now. I promise you, whatever shitty barbecue yeah. pool party <laughs> you were planning, the slip and slide can wait. Get some fucking watermelon slices and sit in your own home. Cancel <laughs> your plans. I don't give a shit what you're thinking about doing. Fuck your 4th of July, okay? You can always get barbecue to go. It's one of the best foods to get to go it, mm-hmm. because it's already slow cooked, baby. baby. So like it's steaming a little more in that box. That's just extra slow cooking, baby. <laughs> well, guys, I think we should turn our a- attentions and discussion to... This was a, a big week uh, mm-hmm. for a-, a reckoning of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And 
again, I, I want to point out that we're recording this early this week. It's Monday. So who knows what's happened in the days since. Uh, but this week, just on YouTube, uh, Jenna Marbles released a video addressing past controversies and said she was stepping away from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Then inspired by that, Shane Dawson released a video addressing his laundry list of past discretions and then the smith family turned against him uh liza koshi released an apology note in the cartoon world i'm just gonna list all this because i yeah, <laughs> there's so no, much yeah. that happened wow. uh in the cartoon world first jenny slate said that she was stepping down from voicing a biracial character in big mouth following that the uh white actor who voices cleveland uh in, on family guy said that he would no longer be voicing cleveland though he also voices consuela the Hispanic housekeeper. Uh, in the world of blackface, Tina Fey uh, re- asked to remove an episode of 30 Rock that has blackface. People were quick to point out that Kimmy Schmidt has a uh, a yellow face episode. Um, Community removed an episode that has blackface. And, I, and Golden Girls also has an episode where they are wearing mud masks that they removed for the same reason. And other people were like, wait, is that, was that one blackface? I might even be missing some, mm-hmm. but whoa, it's been a week. I, I think what we, you know, we're, we're on the platform of YouTube, right? And I think one thing we should start this whole conversation off with is that YouTubers don't work together. We are no. all independent businesses who happen to operate on the same platform. It's mm-hmm. different than even like, NBC, which has a certain showcase of shows that all are being approved in certain ways, and there maybe are some production companies that are across those same channels. You mean Captain YouTube doesn't approve our content? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd like to speak to the manager of YouTube, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but I mean, uh, so we don't know. Like, I I've met Shane Dawson once at an award show. That's the extent of my knowledge of this man as a per- like uh, as a person that I've met. Eugene was saying before the podcast that he's never watched anything he's ever made. <laughs> well, I can't talk. I'm so embarrassed because everyone assumes YouTubers watch other YouTubers, and I yeah, I literally watch nothing on YouTube. And feel- <laughs> well, that's not true. You we watch stuff on YouTube, but we yeah. watch the we actually watch stuff you would not expect. Like I watch a show called Defunct Land, which is all about uh, amusement parks and the history of <laughs> Disney and it's like just in educational and they're 20 minutes long and you could probably say some of them are boring. Uh, but I enjoy them. <laughs> Your point is that we I've found that most of the people that I've followed has been kind of transactional after you finally met them in person, which mm-hmm. is usually at like in passing at an award show that's the most we've ever seen or VidCon. Um, but yeah, I think people might have the, might misconstrue thinking that all YouTubers are close friends. Or that we are knowledgeable. Like, I, you know, we, I think none of us watch <clears throat> any YouTube. We started watching more YouTube once we started. But uh, mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, what Jenna Marbles had done in the past and how she's changed, what Shane done in the past, I had no idea. We yeah. these were this was total news to us in the last couple of days because we just we hadn't done the homework. We don't we hadn't checked on their past. But I think that there's a culture that has happened prior to even 2020 where uh you know people uh, like top YouTubers Shane, Jeffrey Star to name a couple were called out for racist incidents. And you know, it was always problematic, but what we saw and like I hate mentioning them, but the Paul brothers they <laughs> The other Paul brothers? The Paul the brothers. Paul brothers. They, um, they're clearly problematic people who um, should, in many instances, have been deplatformed. But they not only survived the controversies, they also gained followers. That's why Zach jokes about how he wants to be, like, have Canceled. beef with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... it's a bizarre it, thing, but we have seen that everybody who has ever been problematic and apologized for it, they although they do have an initial dip during the controversy, it actually tends to propel them to more success. You know, people can be quick to forgive. And sometimes, you know, like, forgiveness is right. Like, when someone makes a mistake and they totally own up to it and they don't do that ever again, that's great. And when it's followed by positive action. Yes. It's not just, like I said this in a previous podcast, it's not just stop doing something bad, it's start doing something good. Like it, you don't, you're not a good person because you stop doing something bad. You are then a neutral person. And then if you do good, then you start becoming a good person. But it, like, I think Jenna Marbles is a good example. She addressed what she did. But if you look at her content, she does not do anything like that. But at the same time, even now she's like, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to stop making stuff for a while. I'm going to figure out what I need to do to put good back mm-hmm. into this platform and into this world.
With Jenna, where I don't think any of us are well versed enough on her content to really take a stance, but what I've seen from her, and also I should say, with Jenna, it's not our apology to accept, right? Uh, it's, right. Yeah. It's not mine, and and I'm going to. I also didn't watch her before. I think she's a nice human. We also met her once at an award show. Yeah, like I, <laughs> like I met her twice and she was really lovely. Um, but what I've seen from her, like there was that clip that went viral of her calling out the Kardashians for uh, systemic racism. And like, so what I've seen from her has been, oh, this seems and feels like someone who has grown. I think the problem that, that Shane Dawson is facing, with Shane Dawson, what is emerging is not just these isolated incidents. Like people are going back into Elijah Koshy, Koshy's past and they found uh, two clips of her uh, uh, having Asian stereotypes. But with Shane, it is, and not to say that that's not bad, with Shane, it is years and years of blackface and- Pedophilic humor. Yeah. Pedophilic humor and just crazy shit. And so cancel culture- I don't think it means, hey, this person should go to prison, <laughs> but I think it also is totally fair for people to say, hey, I don't think we should be supporting this guy. That wasn't as eloquent as I wanted it to be. <laughs> it's hard to talk about. Yeah, I think that the main thing is like, is that it's has their content like changed since the apology, right? Has they have, but then you see people who have apologized multiple times and it's sort of like scandal after scandal and that makes me think that there's something going on and what is the content of the apology is the con is the apology defensive and saying oh well no 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 here's here's the context and and i you know obviously it looks bad but i was doing this and whatever i i think that there is when you have this huge platform and yeah. you have put so much of this bad into the world especially bad that then gives permission to your young impressionable audience to make jokes that then are hurting kids in their class and and having repercussions on how they think you now have this overwhelming responsibility to make up for what you did just as keith said that you can't just be uh neutral to offset the bad if you've done a lot of bad in your past that means you need to do even more good in your present and future to make up for it here's a, a tricky thing so a lot of these people and there are a lot of people even now who are t young teenagers on social platforms uh, there are people who our brains are still developing. They're also a lot of times a kid is basically just regurgitating the kind of things they've been raised learning. Which we hope you also regurgitate everything you hear on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes these 13 and 14 year olds are saying stuff that they don't realize yet how bad it is because their brains are still forming. They're still aging. They're still meeting people. Maybe these people live in very isolated communities that don't have many black people in them or Asian people in them. Uh, I certainly grew up in a situation like that. And now, you know, they are, they're maybe making these horrible mistakes on giant platforms. But the problem is when you make that horrible mistake at 14, and then you make that a very similar horrible mistake at 18, and then you make a very similar mistake at about 22, and then you make a very similar mistake at 25. So I, I, I empathize with children who are learning and growing and make really big mistakes because I, Honestly, I think some of those mistakes are entirely the fault of the parents and the community they're in. They would not think it is acceptable to make that joke at 13 unless someone else has told them it is. Uh, so like these TikTok kids who are like doing blackface things and coming under fire or saying these horrible things, I, that's a horrible thing to say. They should get in trouble. Their parents, like we should look at more than just this kid mm -hmm. who is being racist and figure out what is going on that that made this kid think that was okay. And by the way, like think about, I think entertainment <laughs> plays a, a level of culpability from adults. Like think about the comedies yeah. that were the most popular when we were a kid. Absolutely. The Apatow movies that I adore. The 40-year-old virgin has this long running joke of, hey, you know how I know you're gay? It is like, these were the mainstream, this was mainstream comedy. Right. And so yeah. yes, 13 year old kids then mimic that and they, they don't know that that is wrong. And that is why we need more diverse voices in content. Well, I mean, that's kind of the issue because, I mean, YouTube is already still a very white dominant platform, although we always mm -hmm. tout this whole idea that it's the great equalizer. It really isn't. It's just yeah. another uh, another um, copy of the entertainment industry at large, right? So I think that we also have to remember that all of these, most all of these problematic YouTubers are from a place of racial privilege mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. a lot of the people who have come forward and then who have been essentially denounced as either liars or attacked by their own fans have been people of color, you know? And I think that there's a certain amount of what's interesting is I think that a lot of 
people who have come for some of these big YouTubers before, which, you know, it's not just like a wave of everyone saying like, oh, we should cancel X, Y, Z. This has been a constant criticism since their first racist incidents, right? And I think that the the overall uh, acceptance that we as people who want to like hopefully see some of these people uh, deplatformed or at least own up to their 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 uh, their their issues and try to rectify them is that we don't expect them to actually be canceled because they've never mm. been canceled. Like they, mm. in fact, have thrived. So yeah. what we're seeing is that people are just asking, and this is where it kind of like even relates to like the Karen ideology. People are asking for the bare minimum, like the barest minimum amount of effort, which is it is not that hard to come onto even your own platform with your own like self-edited video and say something that would actually, you know, help the situation and ha appease some people who would be like uh, interested in seeing your growth, right? Mm -hmm. It's not hard. It is so strange then to see that, especially with Shane's apology, that it somehow again like got into a situation where in, in where he was sort of then becoming defensive and deflecting about what the reasons were for the past racist things he said. And I think that, you know, if you can't even reach the bare minimum for what critics are asking for, which are very valid, then how can we expect you to then take those lessons that you supposedly are learning and then grow from them and support, you know, diverse voices in the future? Because if you can't take it, your ownness on yourself for just like one even like one even little uh, apology video or a tweet, like people are not asking for that much. And I think that that's just the disheartening thing to see is that I think that like a lot of uh, this retaliatory thing of like, oh, now people are coming for me. Now I feel like I'm being attacked. I think that it just needs way more maturity and a lot more. Uh, of an understanding of where we are at as a culture right now, which is that we need people like them in like these huge pit positions of influence and power to own up to their past problems and to hopefully usher all the people who follow them into a better understanding of why it's important to, um, I think that's why people like really appreciated Jenna in a lot of ways because she not only did the bare minimum, but then she took it a step further and said, I need to take time to like reflect on myself, reflect on how I'm affecting the community. And it just, I think that's just the issue is that it's just really not that hard for someone to say truly that I'm sorry, but I think we've just been so brainwashed by these apology videos and this like cycle of drama that we think that it's just part of the YouTube ecosystem when really it's just, it's not, it's like, it is uh, tabloid fodder. It's toxic. It's, you know, I hosted the VidCon live stream for pride last Saturday and uh, there was this contest that had all these young beauty influencers and they were black and Latino and queer and you don't see them raised up as like the biggest influencers on the platform And I think that's a big shame because they were all loving and they were very supportive mm -hmm. and for some reason we've just decided that we're gonna associate uh, YouTube with Negativity and bad people and I think that that is just such a Such a weird place that maybe this has been like the source of like a lot of what made Hollywood stars popular back in the day but I think that in the end, we have so much more responsibility as people who are giving our actual lives to audience members because they are taking it and they are literally idolizing and and regurgitating poor behavior. I, I'm conflicted about like I, you know, I want YouTube to take people who are like doing like constantly bad things. Like even right now, like Jake Paul did the the video where during Black Lives Matter, it was in a mall looting and showing uh, it was just like, what are you doing, bro? Stop. And why are you there? You're there only there to cause harm. You can't possibly be there to do anything positive. Why is this person given the opportunity to have a career off this platform where there we know that there are all these young people? Why isn't YouTube? And I know that they do things with their uh, the softwares, uh, you know, behind the scenes that do limit things that are flagged or, or they, they're looking for things. But there's also people that work at YouTube. And there's also people that just say like, hey, this is objectively hurting a generation. Maybe we not we shouldn't give this person any opportunity. There's there's a struggle, right? It's a tough, tough line. It's a to very draw. tough thing. I, and that's why I'm struggling even talking about it, because yeah. I don't want you know, would we, I don't know, would we give other people who are doing only bad things a platform? Like sometimes record labels, they drop their people. Mm -hmm. But YouTube hasn't done anything where they fully drop one of their people like that. 
Logan Paul, although he can't make money off of it, he can still have his channel on there so he can still promote his brand. He can still sell his merch. It's a tough line to draw, right? I think part of why this moment is happening is because the audiences at large are saying, well, if you're not going to take control, then we will. And it is on the platforms. Like I think that YouTube can and should do things within their algorithm to uh, decrease the rate at which shitty things like this are promoted on their site uh because maybe deplatforming outright it's it's such a thin line it's hard to know where to draw that line in the sand but it's also the responsibility of the audience to to choose better and i think it is totally reasonable what we're seeing right now which is audiences are saying we demand more i think there's an interesting uh dichotomy too with youtubers where like you see people, right, Zach, you were speaking about like taking an apology that's not meant for you. You see out in these apology videos, people are like, you dropped this king and like a crown. And it's like, it's it's okay for people you idolize to fuck up and you can still call them out on it and you can still like them and watch their stuff down the road. But there's zero accountability. And I think that Twitter creates an environment where it's like, you can't critique somebody without canceling them fully. And you can't critique them and then still enjoy their stuff later and people aren't fallible because they're sort of these like youtube you know big stars we we have created a binary for sure where there only seems to be either completely innocent (laughs) or completely canceled (laughs) yeah no in between i do think and we i don't know that we've quite figured out what this looks like yet Mm -hmm. but there should be a path towards rehabilitation and reconciliation with the audiences that you have hurt Mm -hmm. you know it just is like if someone does a crime, they go to prison, they do their time. <laughs> when they come out, they should be reinstated as members of society, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have they have paid for what they've done. And so I don't know what the answer is. And I think we're all <laughs> wrestling with it very publicly in a very messy way. But someone like <laughs> Jenna mm-hmm. should have a path to make up for what she did with the actions of the present. Mm -hmm. Uh, And frankly, I think anyone should, but it's up to them to really make it an effort and to prove that they mean the apology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what you said. I mean, I I believe people deserve second chances, but it takes takes effort. Right. Just say something and then keep doing what you're doing. The tough part is that punishment doesn't necessarily create change. Mm-hmm. Punishment is not how people change. Punishment, and in fact, we've often seen is how people feel like they want to dig deeper into what they've done before. We need better like abilities, and this is more probably a comment on the prison system, but there's nothing about prison that fixes somebody. You know, that absolutely nothing. That they're like it's a crazy institution that only creates more problems and also it itself is incredibly fucked up. Like just everyone being mad at somebody and them feeling bad and hiding in their house for three months. It's mm-hmm. not going to, what's that going to fix? Yeah. <laughs> like I, that's not going to fix anything. And we need to figure out like, what are the, if Shane Dawson says that my, his mental psyche can't handle this, then how can we uh, create institutions or, or therapy outlets? How can YouTube maybe provide uh, some sort of like therapist guideline or something that can actually be a, you know, behavioral rehabilitation process uh other than just you know everyone throwing stones at somebody because i just don't think that's going to fix things Mm -hmm. like you know we we learn at these like youtube conferences like right there's there's like some there's some things that they just like completely delete take off the platform like hate speech and then some things that they like kind of just like suppress so it doesn't get served to as many people so it's like given the amount of content that uh that's going up on youtube they have this crazy hard job to create like systems that kind of create the guardrails. What I don't like about the systems, I like that the systems are in place. I think they can be effective, but I also think that they hide behind their systems when oh, things they totally go do. awry. They yeah. totally and they're do. like, ah, oh, it, 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 normally the system would cover this up. We can't believe this got through. It got through in a really it's, weird way. Yeah. Crazy that your yeah. mental health and your LGBT content got demonetized. Uh, what, but I, our system really shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. We'll change it immediately. Yeah, yeah I think that sometimes people are conflating this idea because cancel culture as a term is I think too catch-all like it's not really examining all the different aspects of what makes people currently very frustrated with the system at large and with entertainment I think 
I think everyone generally believes that people should have the opportunity to grow and learn and shouldn't be like constantly punished because that only creates more uh, of a contrast and a binary and an enemy that like feels like it's not going to bring us anywhere. But I also think that a lot of the conversation that's being had is like when you bring up these past continuous uh, racist incidents, like what was the system that we were um partaking in that supported that? What was the system that brought them to the point where they now live in their mansions with millions of dollars and billions of followers? Like what we are questioning, I think this, um, what was the environment that was conducive for Mm -hmm. people to essentially not only get by with discrimination or with casual racism, but they can also flourish, you know, because this isn't Mm -hmm. just like, this isn't just like random mid-tier people. These are like top, top YouTubers. Yeah, yeah. And I think that they would be the ones who you would first say like, oh, you should kind of have like recognized that right after you said that. You know, that's something that you should have recognized is part of the responsibility of what position you're in, especially with all the young kids watching. And I think now with everyone being like, why are you digging that out from like 10 years ago? Why are you doing that from five years ago? I think it's, you know, part of it is just people being very frustrated and wanting to discuss what is it that we have lived with in terms of what we've accepted as like, okay for people in positions of power to say these types of things and yet go completely unscathed. And you then see the the president, you see it in every level of, of like public media and entertainment. Um, what we're, I think people are trying to express that these types of comments, like in the end are very harmful mm-hmm. and, Again, I bring it back to like YouTubers have a unique situation where they are also their own PR. They are like being able to just put a camera on themselves and say directly to their audience, like what exactly should be said. And I think it's just so uh, I think what's really disappointing is when they can't grasp the basic uh, the basic empathy that they need to show for everyone who's like talking about them to to believe them that growth is possible, you know, because yeah. I think a lot of times we can empathize that, you know, being in YouTube is a very difficult position in itself because so much of yourself is constantly on screen and constantly like displayed and recorded. And I think that in the end though, it is kind of part of the job, right? Like you understand that you, everything you say is going to be in a video or on a podcast And so by that point, knowing that you are also making money off of that, you better damn well recognize that you have a responsibility to be part of the progressive change and not a regressive one. Yeah, I mean, I I think in this case with some of these YouTubers, there's a level of reparations that would be totally valid here. Like you have done damage and that damage came with extreme monetary gain for you. So Mm -hmm. give it back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Becky Becky was saying that Shane Dawson should take all the money he made off the Jake Paul uh, docuseries and donate <laughs> that every year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something uh, to, to move slightly from YouTube to, to broader, something that I've been wondering about. Anytime public discussion uh, is not great for nuance, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do think <laughs> that there is a lot of it here that, that needs to be considered. So I was thinking about this animation scandal it, it's more this just this discussion of why don't we have more people of color voicing people of color why what are the systems that even allowed this this blackface episode of 30 rock to get to air in the first place because maybe you didn't have in your production team other voices who were there to say hey can we, can we think about this but the thing mm-hmm. that i fear is that because there's not nuance to that conversation, I've seen a lot of Family Guys, oh, sorry, a lot of Family Guy fans are like, this is fucking ridiculous. Cancel culture has gone too far. What, you're taking away my cartoon character now? And it, I don't think it's about that in this case. I don't think it's demonizing them, but I think it's about trying to make a positive change and reflecting. <laughs> there's a broader conversation because I know that a lot of people are debating whether or not white people especially should be voicing characters of color animation where they think that animation as a medium is one in which you should voice anything you want. You could voice a pony, like who cares? I disagree to a pretty far extent because one, I think the issues that are coming up, Jenny Slate is interesting because I think she's understanding her 
gesture is important to an overall movement, mm -hmm. which is that why not cast someone who more mm -hmm. relates to the identity of a character? Why can't right. we do that? In the Family Guy situation, even in The Simpsons, um, who, who, like what fucking <laughs> uh, Latin American actress is gonna play or want to play Consuela the mate. It's already a parody of race. Like right, you already have point. to look at the production team and the writers and the producers of these projects. Mm -hmm. Already that's where we lack diversity. That's where we lack voices. It's already white straight people, men especially, writing other characters. So they're not gonna give a fuck if they cast someone who mm -hmm. doesn't look like that character. It's already from a majority perspective shaping someone without that person's voice. And that's so sad because the one thing you can do as someone who is casting something is give the character the voice of the person that they look like. Like it is mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. it's like the easiest thing, you know? And it's just, I think that's what's kind of insane is that uh, I think that there's there shouldn't be the erasure of that because there's a lot of really amazing voice actors who've played a myriad of characters that I certainly have loved growing up. Like Phil Lamar played Samurai Jack, which I think was dope. But you know, I think that if that was coming out today, I think Phil himself would also probably say like, yeah, maybe cast a Japanese American or an Asian American guy to voice mm -hmm. Samurai Jack. Right. I think it is also of the times, but I think that we as a society are at a point now where projects can only be enriched, I think, by seeing the performers completely relate more closely to what is the story being portrayed on screen. And I don't think animation necessarily gets a free pass because they are drawn or CGI characters. I think it's in fact, almost like even more important in a weird way because animation has so much, uh, y'all know I'm a huge animation fan. It has so much of a breadth of like storytelling possibility that when you have things like the first queer characters on children's shows that are happening like all across like Netflix right now, you wanna cast like queer actors and queer performers and that's what they're doing. And I think that we live in a time where we know that, we see that, we recognize that and it's so much more powerful than just having the same handful of people voice every single person. But if we have queer actors play queer characters, then how are straight actors gonna win Oscars? You know, it's, <laughs> they just have to get really, really, really unattractive. I don't know, <laughs> man, that's crazy. A lot of the problem with uh, cartoons that are like comedic and maybe, and had been made in like an initial, became around in like 90s and 2000s when a lot of comedy was based on ridicule and othering. Yeah. So people made characters that were the whole point is ridicule, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, a you know Consuela. It's there's mm -hmm. nothing about that that humanizes mm -hmm. that experience whatsoever. It is literally that character is a joke. A poo mm -hmm. is a joke. Uh, even if you make episodes that show the breadth of humanity within that character, not doesn't really matter because after that episode they revert back to. A joke mm -hmm. and it's and it's sort of like and if you look at youtube too there's like a, a classism that is also very entwined with a race divide in america and and we the white people are the majority population they have done a lot of things the government to make sure that white people have the best success mm -hmm. uh and they have a white superiority complex built into our government it is it is very apparent so of course the media got to run wild with like, great, we're the only people running media, we can write whatever we want. And also, we our experience and understanding of like this class and race divide is that, well, we can make fun of these other characters because mostly white people are watching and mostly white people will think that's funny because we're making fun of somebody else and it's fun to make fun of somebody else when you're a bully. <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of like how our entire country is built with class and race divides that is echoed in our pop culture. But when a kid then watches family guy mm -hmm. at the age of eight and they have never met a, a Mexican or Latin person anywhere in their life. That is their one example of who they are. Well, then they're only going to think that person is a joke. That mm -hmm. entire race is a joke. Mm -hmm. And it's like an unfortunate, like real experience probably for kids that their comedy is being shaped around mm -hmm. ridicule and othering. There is a nuance and a difference between the, the canceling of problematic creators who have overt racism and us asking of things that maybe on their face aren't problematic portrayals, but still saying we can and we should do better. And both of those things fall under the umbrella of <laughs> this, this system that has been existing since the origin of this country. Mm -hmm. You point out something really good because it's not just like 
I think some of this is now happening also from a corporate standpoint in which they're trying to like overcover their asses. And mm -hmm. that is starting to convolute some of the conversation. The Golden yes. Girls example is really, really uh, important in this, where that episode is where they come out in beauty mud masks and the actual dialogue they have is, I believe, <laughs> Rose going like, oh, no, this isn't blackface. We're wearing mud masks. Like that's the actual like conversation <laughs> they have. And I saw all over essentially black Twitter people being like, what are y'all doing? Why are you using this as the thing you're going to promote Hulu mm -hmm. to yeah. like remove this episode because you're going to make. And there, of course, were comments all under that first post from Hulu being like, this has gone too far. Like, you know, all these black people are being really angry about things that don't matter. And I think that's yeah. really shitty because in the end, it's just like. It's a very complex and nuanced conversation, but at the same time, I think some things are pretty obvious. Like, mm -hmm. you kind of, like, especially, like, when you listen to, and you know what it really comes down to, too, is, like, do these teams, do these people have, by POC, have queer people in their circles, in their creative circles, on their production teams, in their households, like, someone will call it out at some point. Like, all of the 30 Rock and, like, Kimmy Schmidt and office example someone would have should have said like hey guys but i think that's where it comes down to is either that they're not present or they probably certainly felt like well this is going to be like comedy and mm -hmm. i think that's where a lot of change can happen and that's where you have something like jenny slate at the very least her her idea of stepping away using her power to step away to put in more diversity and voices into that system that's a very strong progressive uh gesture do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it's not mm -hmm. it's almost like it becomes less about like the fact that oh did i do something bad it's more how can i create more good and i think mm -hmm. that is exactly what keith was mentioning before she's doing something within her power mm -hmm. to make change and i think that is that is to be lauded you know mm -hmm. that is incredible mm -hmm. it's funny uh, once you start pulling the string it comes undone more and more and more because then <laughs> it makes me think of okay but then what about the you know get people of color in the writers rooms but then what about the uncompensated they work that they do just to be everyone's little race gut check and that's a whole other can of worms mm -hmm. we can uh talk about this forever we probably will continue to talk about it <laughs> but <laughs> woo! when you're looking for advice you might turn to a man, a myth, a legend, you may need advice that will go for miles, and this is advice that'll go for miles. Good luck following that, buddy. Advice <laughs> that'll go for miles with Miles Bonsignor. Spin that track. It's advice that'll go for miles. Tune it to your radio station. It's advice that'll go for miles. Everyone get ready, Miles Nation. Miles Nation, go! It's advice that'll go four miles. Advice that'll go four miles. What's up, Miles Nation? How's it all doing tonight? Oh boy. Oh, he's Cancel trying. Miles. Cancel. <laughs> How y'all doing out there? Fighting systemic racism. Can I get an amen? I thought you were Aussie and now you're country? <laughs> Hey man, have y'all ever wanted to go be a speedy little demon? <laughs> I like have. Fast. Mm -hmm. Have y'all ever wanted to get the mail? Mm, no. I get the mail every day. Really? Yeah, it's kind of a fun moment. Speed up your life and do the things you want to do. I cannot wait for this. Get sandals. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I knew it. I knew it was going to be something so stupid. Oh, my God. That's too funny. Y'all out here wearing shoes <laughs> when you could be wearing sandals. Yeah. Yeah. Sandals are yeah. going to help you get the mail without having to put your shoes on. <laughs> Are you are you talking sandals, uh, flip flops? Any specific style you recommend, Miles? Uh, leather. Uh, I don't have them yet, but I'm looking online. So <laughs> I, I've, I've been wanting to get sandals for a while. 
Keith, I think he's he's going for anything that you can get on the fastest. Yeah, so you know, because it's all about efficiency. Flip flaps, but I'm guessing a leather flip flaps so they survive the apocalypse. Or like a house sandal, like a slide. Those slides. A slide. Gucci, yeah. slide <laughs> get Gucci. No, 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 no. Very different. You can't the out the male sandals can't be the indoor sandals. That's you true. Separate yeah, the two. That's correct, Zach. You want to have. Uh, two I sandals. only have outdoor sandals, Zach. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to get some indoor flip flaps. My indoor yeah. sandals. They call slippers. Yeah, because yeah. I like it cozy. Slippers. Yeah, slippers. I, I, yeah, I have not graduated to slippers, but that's a great idea. But slip slops. Slip slops. That's a great idea for a slip segment. Slip slops. Slip, indoor slip slops. slops. Uh, slip slops. Um, but uh, yeah, you're gonna want to get sandals so you can get the mail real quick and run on back inside and get under the covers to open it. You know. I, I recently did something that I've never done in my entire uh, living here in LA, which is I went outside to get the mail barefoot. <gasps> well, and, I, and it was only because it was like a delivery like thing where I had to get it. And I was like, I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I didn't have sandals. I do have sandals, but they weren't by the door. Uh, so I'm just like, I'm going for it. Yeah. And I ran out with my bare feet and I was like, wow, that's okay. And then I was like, what do I do? Do I wash my feet? Maybe no. I stepped on coronavirus. I guess I wash my feet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't don't stub your toe on the Rona. I stepped on it because you know how often I put my yeah. feet on my face. Wes <laughs> likes to go outside in the mornings, and I usually I sleep in boxers, so that's usually what I'm wearing in the morning. So I'm like, uh, he's like, can I go outside? I'm like, okay, well, a couple things need to happen before that. Uh, you need to put on pants. You need to put on shoes. Dad needs to put on pants. Dad needs to put on flip flops. Then kill. we can go outside. Let's <laughs> go. I have a, dad. I have a fashion comment. On this advice that I go for miles. Hey-o! And it's not what it's not what you're gonna expect. I think your sandals that you go outside in mm-hmm. should be the one item in your wardrobe that should look like complete old shit. Yeah. <laughs> it should be the thing. I pointed at Keats recently and was like, where are these from? And he's like, I don't know, like 10 years ago. And I said, awesome. Because you should always be like, where did these come from? And you're like, I think I got it like in high school at some point. And it's always been in my suitcase. And Hell now it's yeah. just sitting by my door. If someone yep. had like gold Dolce & Gabbana, like thousand dollar sandals out there, I'd be like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. What are Go you off. doing? You're not even wearing pants, sir. Mm-mm-mm. Go I'll off, even, baby. I'll even say it's cool to just also wear them with socks. That's yeah. where fashion should just go out the window. Wow. You're yeah. walking around your backyard, your front yard. Below the ankles is a is a anything goes zone. Yeah. <laughs> anything goes. Do you think I'm right to go put on pants or are boxers even fly outside? Just a little quick, just a little, mm. little quick trip yeah. outside. Yeah. To the front or the back? I, I, Wes asks for both routinely. That's yeah, don't, true. Don't garden out in the front yard in your boxers. Uh, <laughs> then you'll be that neighbor. You guys off the podcast recently were uh, teasing me because I'm a firm now adopter of the Burke life. I'm all about Birkenstocks, Birkenstocks all the time. And I'm just going to say that this conversation is backing me the fuck up. <laughs> they slip on easy. I've got great support. Uh, these ankles are thriving. I've never been so happy to just be, be living my best life. So, so uh, tweet, tweet me pictures of your sandals. <laughs> and, oh, no. Uh, at mysandalsformiles at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, we got a no. new email, Elliot. No more emails. Don't you dare. <laughs> well, it's a new segment. We'll react to your sandals. <laughs> it's like the Barksler, but for sandals. You guys can't wait. <laughs> You know, Miles, your your advice has been pretty pretty dumb recently, but that sandals comment sparked a good conversation. Better be stupid next week, though. Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for joining the tripod. Thanks, King Miles, for being king. Thanks for Queen Keith for being a queen. Thanks for thanks for uh, the whatever Jack is, the Jack is card the Jack card for Zach the Zach prince. Jack. <laughs> I'm <Jack>. here. <laughs> And uh, thanks to Ned for being the ace, because ace is all about that ass. Aces, baby. Be sure to subscribe and rate us five stars. Check out our store at TryGuys.com. Help support the show. Help support our staff. We are making videos three days a week on YouTube.com slash TryGuys. We try anything and everything. We help you learn things. We hope you learn things today. And be sure to get your mask on, baby girl. Hit us with the tripod theme song, queen. When you go outside, put on a mask. When you do comedy, try not to be racist. These are things we learned in June of this month. Hey, until next time, stay beautiful. 
Hey everyone, I'm Ariel. I'm Becky. I'm Maggie. And some of you know us as the Dry Wives. We have a brand new weekly podcast called You Can Sit With Us, where we have fun, lighthearted conversations about female friendship and what's going on in our lives. We'll talk about pop culture, current events, motherhood, pretty much everything. Take a seat and join us. Here's a little clip of what we have in store. We are going to try this segment called Couples Court, where we take a look at an argument that a couple is having. <laughs> uh, could be any couple, any couple out there. Uh, this one just happens to be somebody that I know. <laughs> Individual A really likes to take long showers. Got it, got it. Person B doesn't. Person B actually doesn't like showers at all and finds them to be kind of a, a nuisance. If you're not dirty, why would you take a shower? Oh, my God. Because then <laughs> person A really loves, loves showers. The 20-minute showers continue, and you're thinking to yourself, what are you doing in there for what 20 minutes? What are you minutes? doing for 20 minutes? You don't stay in the shower for 20 minutes? I do when I Margaret. do a hair mask. <laughs> I've been there for, like, at least 20. Stop it! How about I got long hair. I'm a hairy person. I got to shave legs, arms. I was super hairy growing up. Becky's actually seen photos of me. Like, I had fluff. I haven't shown anyone these photos. Like, fluff coming off my arms. I used to, like, wear cardigans all the time. Yeah, she always said she was hairy when she was a child. And nobody believed me. I was like, okay, yeah, you're probably, like, hairy. And then she was in Peru with her grandma, and she sent me like her. So like your communion I think I picture burned those or something. Photos. Like they are nowhere <laughs> yeah. to be found. And like, I was like, no. oh shit, she was right. She like, was this like adorable little baby, little fuzzy baby, just right. like fuzzy. My mom must have gotten like red burn like as I came out. Like I was oh, so oh, hairy. Oh, oh, I was so hairy. It was like so it's cool. shocking. <laughs> it was shocking. I also assume person B is not um, doing a hair mask, shaving his no. legs or underarms. No. I'm sorry, their legs. There, yeah. <laughs> no, they. They what are, are they not. Doing? Great question. Person A actually has absolutely no idea. <laughs> um, person A can't, or person B can't really get. For, I've gotten confused which one takes the long shower. A, A takes long. A showers. takes long showers. Okay, yeah. so person B, right. you're doing a really good dog being impartial. Today. It, yeah. it has gotten to the point where person A takes like three showers a day. What? That's just bad what? for you. Thank you. Thank you. It's called. You can sit with us. So please do. You can get it anywhere you get your podcasts.